0: Every true believer is sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. It's a Holy Spirit of promise. Today, this is part two of a message we started last time in Ephesians chapter 3 called Desiring More. And where we left off last time was the fact that God had called, had an eternal plan for Saul of Tarsus, who would become the Apostle Paul. And we also, because we are chosen heirs of Christ— We all are called that—when I say we, okay, I'm talking to you listening on the radio now that have asked Jesus Christ in your heart as your Savior. If you're a born-again Christian, you have a calling. You have a purpose. There's a reason why you exist today. We are part of God's—listen—eternal plan. Think about it. Before time began— God knew every single one of us, and He planned a great purpose for us. Listen, we could have been born 500 years ago. We could have been born 2,000 years ago. uh, But God allowed us to be born in this time. You might think, man, our time is broken right now. Our culture's broken. Everything's messed up, skyrocketing crime, and everything's a mess right now. This new administration is ruining everything, you might think. Well, you're probably right. It is ruining everything. But get this, God purposed for us to be alive in this time because as we left off last time, first comes what? The apostasy. An apostasy is what? It's a falling away from faith in God. We see that around the world, countries that have completely abandoned God, and now the United States is following suit. Look at the laws that we're enacting. Look at the way that we're living. We have legalized sinful you know lifestyles and everything in this. We've legalized abortion, the killing of babies. It's like we have abandoned God in this country. Now, maybe you haven't as a Christian and I haven't, but the country as a whole and the leadership that's running it right now, because now we do what? We trust in science, but we don't even trust in science anymore. We're not even following the science anymore. We're just following whatever political narrative is out there now. But God has allowed us, that's the point, to live in this broken time. Why? So that we could be a light that shines in this brokenness. Well, with that as a backdrop, we're going to consider this thought here as we look in Ephesians chapter 3. Here's the first thought, his power. And let me read to you what it says here in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations, the Apostle Paul said, for they are for your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be, listen, strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in the inner man or the inner woman. Wow. Notice, Paul didn't want others to lose heart. Regardless of this, of our circumstances, and regardless of our tribulations. For Paul had plenty of tribulations himself, so he knew what living hard times was like from being beaten to being left for dead, to be falsely accused for having selfish motives, to being forsaken by those who said they loved him. In fact, here's a list of the hardships that the Apostle Paul had to endure. It's recorded in Second Corinthians 11.24. Let me read it to you. It says, Five times I received from the Jews... 39 lashes. Wow. Remember Jesus was beat 39 lashes before they nailed him to the cross. He says, I've had that five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I spent out in the middle of the ocean. Hey, has that ever happened to you? Verse 26 says, I have been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers. "...dangers from my countrymen, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst." Often without food, in cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there was the daily pressure on me with the concern of all the churches. Who is weak without me being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? Wow, you think you've had a bad day, a bad week, a bad five years? Oh my goodness. Paul had an unbelievable, difficult life more than I'm sure anyone listening on the radio right now. Jesus said in Acts 9 that Paul would suffer much in serving him. Boy, that was an understatement. Yes, he did. But in the midst of all of that, Paul said in verse 14 of Ephesians 3 that he bows his knee to the Father of heaven and earth. This was a sign of reverence. This was a sign of submission. It was a sign of great honor to our Lord. See, Paul never forgot where he came from. I wonder if there's anyone listening on the radio right now that has forgotten where you came from. You know, sometimes, you know, we get so blessed in a the ministry, then we start going back and doing sinful things again, forgetting how God had cleaned us up. Think about Samson in the Old Testament book of Judges. You know, God raised up Samson. He was like this unbelievable superhuman guy that had this unbelievable strength. At one point, this great gift that God gave him, he took out a thousand Philistine soldiers with the jawbone of a donkey. So God had given this supernatural superhero strength, you know, to this man. This wasn't just like watching one of the Marvel movies that come out, you know, you know it was like this was real it really happened he but yet we find that samson was a he-man with a she weakness and god gave him all these gifts to be a judge of israel and to deliver israel from their enemies but yet god took that gift that he gave him and samson turned around and used it for other things he was a she-weakness guy. He was going out with prostitutes. He was hooking up with women that were, you know, Philistine dogs. I mean, it's like... the. He just did everything wrong. It's just unbelievable how he took the gift that God gave him and he didn't use it for God's glory. Sometimes, you know, God has done the same with us. He's given us gifts. He wants us to serve in the church. He wants us to take whatever our gift is and use it for his glory. You might think, I don't have any gifts. You know, whatever your trade is, whatever your skill is, there's somehow some way that that can be used for the glory of God. But you might just be using it to make money. You might just be using it for other things. Is there anything in your church that you could actually address and that you could help? Is there some area that needs more people to help in and serving? Is there something with the church building that you have a skill that you could help fix it? Do you ever walk by your church and look at some dent in the wall or some room that needs to be painted and just think, someone needs to paint this. Hey, newsflash, why don't you paint it? Why don't you go by the paint and why don't you go paint it? You know, why don't you be a blessing to God's work in his kingdom? But getting back here, Paul goes into what seems like a prayer for you and me in verse 16, that God would grant us according to his riches and glory. Well, how much is that? Let's not forget, God's riches are limitless. He owns everything. In fact, God said in Psalm 50, verse 12, he says, For the world is mine, and all it contains. That means everything. We see buildings that are built with iron and steel and concrete. Well, guess what? That all comes out of the ground. The ore comes out of the ground to make steel, to make concrete, and everything else. Yes, it's according to God's riches and glory that he wants to do a work inside of us. Paul prays that we would be strengthened with power. That word power comes from the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get our English word dynamite. God wants to strengthen you and me with a dynamic power from Him through the Spirit in our inner man. Grasp this. The power of God rests inside of you and me. It's a wonder-working power. It's a power that will not fail. It's a power that will not fade. It's a power that will last to the end of time, even in the wake of all the hardships and difficulties that we're facing in our country right now. It's a power that says we can do all things through Christ who lives inside of us. It's a power that we can trust in because we were told in chapter 1 that we are sealed in Christ. Ephesians 1.13 says, In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance, with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Wow. Now, let me break that down for you, because this is like, you can't just read that and move on. Every true believer is sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. It's a Holy Spirit of promise. That means that you're sealed on their forehead. That means Satan can no longer possess you. He can oppress you at times, but he cannot possess you. See, God gave us the Holy Spirit as a pledge. Yes, the Holy Spirit is a pledge and a promise. See, a pledge, or as the New King James Bible puts it, is a guarantee— of our future inheritance. It's God's guarantee to you and me. You ever go buy a new car? You ever fill out one of those contracts that's like five feet long? Here, initial here, initial here, initial here, sign here, sign here, sign here, sign there. And what are you doing? You're signing your life away to say that, yes, I promise to make all the payments on this car until it's completely paid off. See, so your written guarantee to the auto dealer is that you are going to pay for that car and make every car payment. Well, God. God has done a pledge of promise to you and me, and he stamped it on our heart and on our life as an official seal. This seal of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, this implies God's ownership in our life it completes the deal. Again, it's a written contract. It's a binding agreement. The Holy Spirit of God living inside of us is a pledge and a promise. And God never goes back on his promises. You know, people will let us down, right? People let us down. People will disappoint us. And guess what? We've disappointed other people. And people will forsake us as we've forsaken other people. But get this. God will never, ever, ever leave us or forsake us. Wow. See, this is why we like to walk through the Scripture here at CORE Truth Radio. This is why we at CORE Church Los Angeles teach the truth of God's Word. We go through book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse— why do we teach like that? Because we want you to have the full counsel of God's Word. I wonder if you can share this teaching with someone else, a friend. Maybe you can tell a friend to go to the App Store and download our free app. In our free app, it takes like 30 seconds to download it. You just go to Core Church Los Angeles there at the App Store, and you download the app, and then there's hundreds of video messages. Who could you, in some other state, some friend, some relative, someone you grew up with, say, hey, listen, why don't you download this app and check out a couple messages? Look, if they hate it, they can always delete it. It's not like, hey, you you put it on your phone, you can't take it off, you can always delete it. But what if it changes the course and direction of their life? You could be used by God to allow someone to be taught the Word of God in its reality. Because not everyone teaches the word in the fullness anymore. See, the word of God is always what we need to hear, always but it's not always what we want to hear, right? It's like a lot of people, they don't want to hear what the Word of God says because it'll convict them of their sin, but it's always what we need to hear, so I encourage you to check it out, and for those that are living in Southern California here and here, anywhere within an hour of our church, why don't you come check us out? We're at the intersection of the 10 Freeway in La Cienega on the west side of L.A. We're right across the street from Kaiser Hospital. we got two Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30, and a Sunday night service service at 630. So you can come and you can check us out. And again, all of you on the East Coast and everyone else that you send the app to, you can watch those messages live. Those are all Pacific time, but you can watch them all live right there on the app. But getting back here to our message, you know, God will never, ever leave us or forsake us. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise and our inheritance is Him. He's our inheritance. Guess what? One day, you and me, that is true believers, we will see God face to face. We will see him in a place called heaven. And until we stand in his presence, God has given to us in advance as his security, as his pledge and guarantee to us, his Holy Spirit. And that again is a piece of himself. God, the Holy Spirit living inside of each and every one of us. Just like the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, he says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Yes, the Holy Spirit is God's guarantee to us that He is going to finish the work that He started in us. It's His seal. We're preserved by it and we can be secure in it. Yes, the Holy Spirit is His power, His power living inside of us, giving us, us power to live for him. It's power to do what's right. God never asked you and me to pull up our own bootstraps and try to figure it out ourselves. God is living inside of us, and his power is inside of us to do what's right. Is that alcohol taking too much advantage of you? Is pornography taking too much advantage of you? Are you stealing from your employer? Are you doing something that's wrong? It's like, and you think, this thing's bigger than me. I can't get away from it. Listen, if you're a Christian, you're absolutely wrong. There is power in you to get past this thing because the Holy Spirit of God is living inside of you. That's right. Power to pick yourself up when you fall down and nobody else is around to help you up. The Holy Spirit of God will never leave you. It's power to keep moving on in the face of failure and defeat. Haven't we all failed as Christians? Haven't we been defeated at times? Well, get back up. Don't stay down. Get back up. The power to get back up is inside of you. I love that verse. And this is for someone right now that's listening and think, Pastor, you don't know me. I have felt so many times. It's like I just give up. I just, I'm an abomination to God. Listen, hold on right now. I want to read you a verse in Philippians 1, six. It says that I am confident of this very thing. That he, the Lord God, creator of the universe, who began a good work in me, will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? Listen, if you don't think there's another chance for you, you're just simply wrong. You're wrong. You know, it's like because God says that we can be confident in this very thing that God that began a work in us is going to complete it. Now, maybe you've fallen down a few times. Maybe you've fallen down a few dozen times. Maybe you've fallen down a few hundred times, but today is a new day. On this day, God is going to continue that work that he started in you. Maybe you were just a young person and you know, junior higher, even younger than that in elementary school and Sunday school, giving your life to Christ. And man, there's been decades that have gone by and you've been a constant failure. Well, today is your day because it's a new day and God is going to continue to perfect that work in you, which brings up this other thought, his fullness. Ephesians three seventeen says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Wow! Notice God doesn't want you and me to be in the dark, He said in verse 17, when Christ dwells in our hearts through faith, we can comprehend the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. Look, this is not based on your IQ. Doesn't matter if you're super intelligent or you can barely read. God says if you're a believer, he's going to allow you to understand deep things of God's love. That word comprehend means just that, that we would seize and possess, that we would be able to apprehend and obtain the true salvation of God. This is absolutely crazy, but it is absolutely true, meaning we can grasp the love of God. doesn't matter how smart we are. What matters is, are you a believer? Yes, we can accept his forgiveness, even when we have blown it many times, when we know that we don't deserve it. Because guess what? None of us deserve God's forgiveness. And we can reach out to a sin-filled world now with what? This message of reconciliation, that we can boldly proclaim that there is a God in heaven and that he loves each and every person, all who are lost in sin. And let me just tell you right now, in case you haven't figured it out... There's a lot of people lost in sin in this world right now. Are we not seeing crime just going off the hooks? Did you hear about that woman that was violated just a couple days ago on the train and people were watching and filming it on their phone and no one even helped her? I mean, our world is going like a cesspool right now. And so this is why you and me, we have been called from the foundation of the world to be a light in this dark place. You know what darkness is? darkness is the absence of light. You and me are the light of the world, and we are to proclaim the truth of God's Word. Why are we the light? Because Jesus says, I'm the light, and I'm living inside of you. Listen, you and me, we don't have any light. It's God's light that's living inside of us, but we're to let that shine out. That's what he said, Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men in such a way that they may tangibly see your good works and they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. And that's what God wants to do. He wants us to be Christ-like. He wants us to be that light that is shining in the absence of light in this world. We are the light, God wants us to take on his attributes. He wants us to be that person that stands in the gap for this fallen world. Isn't that what Moses did? Moses back in Exodus, he's 80 years old, he brings the people out of Egypt, delivers them through the mighty power of God's hand, and he goes up on the mountain of God, and he's up there for like, what, 40 days? Hey, if you were Moses, would you want to come down? No, he's up there talking with God for 40 days. God even has his finger, and he writes the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone. Then on the 40th day, he says to Moses, hey, Moses, you better get down to those people Why is that? Because they're worshiping a golden calf. Aaron had built a golden calf and the people were worshiping that like, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. What? And so Moses goes down there, tosses the Ten Commandments, they break into pieces. He's chastising the people. It's kind of like us parents, you know, when your kid is out of control. You know, it's like some of you moms have said to your teenagers, I brought you into this world and I can take you out of this world. Well, that's how Moses was. But then God came in and said, Moses, step aside. I'm going to kill all of these people. And Moses is like, No, 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 don't do that. I know they're really bad, but don't do that. And he said in Exodus 32:32, But now, Lord, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot my name from my book which I was written, take my life for theirs. Wow. See, God wants us to look at people. Through the eyes of God and not ourselves. I wonder if there's anyone you could share this message with. And I wonder as we end here, is there anyone that needs to get right with Christ? Maybe you're thinking like, man, I have done so many things wrong. Well, listen, here's your moment. But you got to say you're sorry. You got to say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. And if you're willing to do that, God will forgive you. If you're not, he won't. But if you're willing to say, God, I'm sorry. I don't care what you've done. You pray this prayer. Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me and were buried, but I believe you rose again. Come into my life. Take my life, Lord. Help me to walk with you. Be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, and be my friend. In Jesus' name, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I have some materials that'll help you in this walking relationship with Christ. I want to give them to you. This is our free gift to you. Other people donate to our ministry and help pay for this, so it's our gift. But you have to email me your name and address to bible at corechurchla.com. That's bible at And May the Lord God bless you.
1: Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA one word to 77977.